The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Valspar Championship. Joining me to break it all down. Oh, new background. Greg Ducharme is here. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, first time in the new background ever since I moved. Um, but we have I have to get this out of the way. I'm sorry. Uh, Getting that okay. out of the way. All right. So, um, yeah, okay. happy to happy to be in here. And it's a new time, a unique week. And I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited for this DFS show. Yeah, we're doing this on a Tuesday morning because obviously the Players Championship ran until Monday evening. Sia Najad is here. Sia, it is a quick turnaround, but that will not uh, lessen the value of the information that will be provided in this show. Is that correct? If anything, it will enhance it. And by the <laughs> way, Rick, uh, and Greg, this goes for you as well. If you guys hit one out of bounds, and you tell me where you think it crossed <laughs> and you want to drop it wherever you want to. I'm just going to go with what you guys said. <laughs> Out of the three of us, who would be, I feel like Greg's the Daniel Berger. Greg would definitely be like, no, no, no. I know where it crossed. And you guys are idiots. <laughs> I I think so. I think Daniel was right on this. You know how, how, how strongly I feel about uh, how big of a fan I am of Hovland. I'm a fan of Damon too. And Berger. I just, I think, I think Berger had a case there, but besides the point, I've, I have a feeling that's a show for a different day. Thanks. See ya. I'll just say this. <laughs> if Victor Hovland and Joel Damon are adamant that you are wrong, you are wrong. That That is like, that's the end of it. <laughs> but did you see the video evidence? What do you think of the video evidence there? Okay. I could break this down like the Zabruder film, but uh, the video evidence is not real evidence, Greg, because you know the top tracer is not always perfect. And the cameraman, yep. uh, to me, was a little askew to the right, which I think helps Berger's argument here. It's it's very difficult to tell from the video evidence. So the, what I would say about the video evidence. <laughs> Good job, Sia. We're in yeah, this thanks, now. Sia. We can <laughs> keep welcome. it quick. I'll just say I'll just say this as I'm I'm acting as Daniel Berger now. Okay. Um, the what Daniel Berger said during the clip, and and what the video evidence show match. Now both neither one of those can you take as at full face value, right? They they both have their flaws, but the two of them match near identically which to me is a, a really strong case for, for Berger. And I don't think it started as right as Hovland and Damon said. And I think it caught a lot more than they saw from their angle. So I, I don't think anybody in this case had malintention. Of course. Not. I just, I, I think it's the, um, I, I think the viewpoint was in my opinion, in Berger's favor. And as the only one of us three with a Juris doctor next to his name, I just want to say 
that Greg's motion to reconsider has been granted. I think Daniel Berger oh, was in fact right. Okay. Just, I'm just, glad we went down this path. Hold on. That I've won. <laughs> Jacob, just drop the uh, wrong drop. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, we will uh, debate that uh, at a different time. But for now, a couple of announcements here. A couple of things out of the gate. We have extended the official fan one and done vote until wednesday morning because that is when the mega preview pod will be live on the first cut youtube page so you still have time to vote that link is in the description right now so go in there get your vote in and try to surpass kyle porter and sia najad this week the other thing and sia i know how many lineups you like to build early in the week how many brackets have you put together at the moment uh, you know what? I've only put a few together so far, but I know that, you know, the CBS one, the, the first con- cut one that we're sponsoring, I haven't done that one yet, but I'm going to do that one tonight. So usually I do like eight to 10 brackets this year. I'll probably cut it down a little bit. I'll put, you know, all my eggs instead of like 10 different baskets. I'll probably put them in like four or five. Who's going to win it all, Greg? Have you filled out a bracket yet? Um, um well, I'm saving my best for the CBS one, which I like Obviously. to see. We'll be doing tonight. Um, that might be my only bracket. I, I used to be an expert. I used to be so deep in this that it was crazy. This is in my Nerf basketball days. But since retiring, I've put a lot, all my eggs into the the golf DFS basket. Who's going to win this thing? I think uh, a long shot could be a Tennessee. Um, I think they look really good. I think... Um, I'm just not sure Duke has it in him, but I, I, how about, uh, how about Kansas? I'll stay Kansas. Oh, okay. That's an interesting team. Uh, I will not reveal my bracket, although it is already in at CBS. Nope. Yeah. CBSports.com slash first cut bracket. That's where you go. That's where you enter. That's where you beat me and beat Sia and beat Mark and beat Greg and beat everybody. And you can win yourself a hundred dollar gift card to Paramount. Plus you start creating leagues with your friends. You beat up on them too. Who knows? You might even be in attendance at the 2023 Final four because one of those trips also being given away. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we can jump into this, boys. Um, Valspar Championship, Innisbrook, quick turnaround. This is the final stop, Sia, of the Florida Swing. And as with other Florida Swing courses, this is not necessarily super Florida y, but it is going to play hard. Generally, one of the uh, tougher non major stops that we get on the schedule. Yeah, and we'll, you know, just like anything else with Florida, we'll monitor the wind. It's certainly not going to be anything like we saw at the players, but, and, and it's funny how that worked out because there were certain like wind splits that people were on. So, you know, and Rick, I think we addressed this last week. It might have been on the Tuesday show uh, in, as opposed to the Monday show of the first cut. But, you know, when you try to predict the win, you, you get it wrong, you know, seven or eight out of 10 times. So it's just one of those things where it's, if you're in, because this is a DFS show, I feel like I have to say this. If you're going to try to do that, more power to you. You might have some pretty good info. But if you're going to, quote, stack a side or stack a wave, you got to do the opposite stack, too. Maybe you don't want to do that as many times. But if you're going to do three or four, like, big lineups with with stacks with, like, a PM, AM wave, do at least one or two on the other side. Because if you're wrong, then you're going to be really right. Because most of the people, the conventional wisdom is going to be on, on the one you stack. So if you have a couple opposite stacks... You're, you're going to be in, in really good shape with, with those one or two that you've built. 
The popular PMAM stacks from last week were wiped clean thanks to a three and a half wave dis three and a half shot wave disadvantage. Greg, a unique kind of setup on tour. It's a 71 par 71 with five long par threes. And then the fives are probably the only holes that are going to be playing under par this week. It's a pretty tough little test out there, not even including the snake pit 16, 17 and 18. It, it's not an easy golf course. That is for sure. There's a little more elevation than some of the other Florida courses we've seen. Go ahead. Have you played it? No, but oh, uh, I thought this was going to be right up your you. alley here. No, unfortunately I have only, the only place I've played near there even with stream song, but I haven't really played much golf on the West coast of Florida. Now, my understanding is that that's pretty close to Tampa kind of on the way, but more inland in the middle of nowhere right across alligator alley but anyway um the yeah very terrifying uh i have some stories about that trip but besides besides the point when um when you go to valspar i think of a couple of players who have won in the past who kind of highlight what the golf course is about one of them which you'll love uh, adam hadwin and adam hadwin when he won here was was painting it this week uh you know, he was working the ball both ways. He had great control over his golf ball. Paul Casey, the two years that he won, great control of his golf ball. Tiger Woods, who came in second to Paul Casey, was really flighting the ball nicely, working it both ways. So I like shot makers this week. I like guys who, who uh, ball strikers, absolutely. Um, but, but guys who are really, really solid tee to green, I think are going to have a big edge. It is not lost on me that Greg used the term painting it to describe Adam Hadwin's Valspar championship victory. Valspar is a paint company, Greg. Good on you, bud. You are, we might be a day late, but you are in mid-season form. I got a, I got a paint reference in and I got my boy Adam Hadwin in, who I said a couple weeks ago, I'm done with him. I may, I may uh, be an Indian giver this week. Go back on my word. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk a lot about Adam Hadwin because uh, for the first time in about a year, I'm in on Hadwin. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. This is uh, the cheat sheet. We'll talk about this more in depth in just a second. But see, we've already had a couple of WDs. So I had to go through. I had to withdraw, uh, uh, remove Paul Casey. I had to remove Doug Gim. I had to remove Sebastian Munoz. I, we, we've got to be hyper aware of these WDs because the guys that have played, especially late into the week, uh, last week might be, might be a hair tired, might, might sit this one out. Yeah, that's really interesting because all three of those guys you just mentioned, and I'm sure there's been others that have withdrawn, but they were really down there like in the home stretch on, on Monday, early evening. So, you know, when it comes to the question, which is going to be a natural question this week, which is, well, you know, you think these guys from the previous week who played four rounds, are they going to be tired? My answer usually to that. And even this week is going to be no, like I'm in other words, I'm not going to factor that in my, my take on that is if you went ahead and withdrew, then, then yeah, obviously you just didn't have the energy to, to face this one or you had other reasons, but if you're in this tournament, I'm not going to worry about the four rounds that you may have played just a few days ago. Hat tip to you, Sianajad. Uh, I believe uh, Tom Hoagie was 66 to one to be well, the first round leader. Mm -hmm. It depends where you got him because I got him 80 to one. Others got him at 90 to one, believe it or not. Well, there is only one sports book on the planet. It's called Caesar Sportsbook, and he was 66 to one. So I have the official number available. So do doy, but hat tip to you a full 55 hour sweat. See ya. Come on. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool because, you know, while I do give out like first round leader plays and outrights on on other shows, I don't really do that on the first cut. And on the Tuesday show, I just kind of threw it out there at the end of the show. And I threw out four guys and one of them was Tom Hoagie. I, listen, that guy's so underappreciated. He's such a good ball striker and he can get hot with the putter. Man, I wish he had a better Sunday or excuse me, a better Monday. But uh, yeah, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. Okay. Well, so fun. And see, I want to say this, by the way, when you say it on any, any show you say it on, it's just like saying it on the first cut because you, my friend, represent the first cut everywhere you go. Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. 100%. I'll, I'll try to throw out maybe as the weeks come, I'll just throw out a couple names at the end of the show, like just to throw a couple bucks. Love it. We are going to dive headfirst into the paint bucket that is this player pool. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. The $10,000 range on DraftKings. Justin Thomas, $11,000 flat. Victor Hovland, 10-8. Colin Morikawa, 10-7. Xander Shoffley, 10-3. And Dustin Johnson, fresh off tying the course record at TPC Sawgrass, is 10200 Greg, you know a thing or two about course records. Let's start you with still there, you. still there, You hear me? Oh, no. Yeah, Greg, we can hear you. We must good. have lost Rick. Oh, Rick, you're back. Did you guys lose me? <laughs> yeah, I think no. we lost you. No, Stia says, no, you didn't. We lost you, Greg. Oh, you lost me. I saw Sia move and I couldn't tell what was going on. Oh, I had such a great, I was doing such a great thing where I talked about (laughs) Dustin Johnson's course record. I said, Greg, you know a thing or two about course records. Uh, Why don't you kick us off in the 10K? It was beautiful. Well, uh, I'm happy I can do it right now. And so, yes. Dustin Johnson, a beautiful course record. That could be a factor this week. Um, again, he he had a great putting week last week, and he was um, he hit the ball beautifully. But I loved what he did on Sunday with or uh, on on the fourth round with the putter. That's something that hopefully he can bring uh, ahead going forward. His record here is 
not great. He does have a tied six in 2019. Uh, other than that, there's not much that really um, draws my attention. But I, I just have to think, looking at this board, that Justin Thomas is the perfect fit here. I think there's a little redemption story, getting the bad side of the draw, playing that great round of golf. I think it wore him out a little bit. I do think he was a little tired and and uh, kind of ran out of steam. But I think I think this golf course is perfect for him, um, and and because he's such a great shot maker. And he had a tied 13th last year, a tied 18th two years before that, and a, a tied 10th in 2015. So he missed the cut once, but his other three starts are really good. I, I got to think Thomas is the favorite for a reason, and I think he's in, in many cases worth paying up for. Justin Thomas has gained strokes on approach in every event dating back to, oh boy, the 2021 Masters. Yeah, we're almost at a full year. Since that uh, last time that Justin Thomas has lost strokes on approach in a measured event. Okay, Greg has put his bid in for Justin Thomas. Sia, how do you assess this $10,000 range? Yeah, DJ, it's so interesting. I yeah. I, I like him. Uh, you know, I think I like Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa the best. I do also think they might carry the most ownership, at least in, in, in this range, of course, I'm talking about. I think Xander is going to be relatively low owned. I'm really not interested in Xander, to be honest with you. But Victor Hovland, listen, you know, we can see it on this chart if you're watching YouTube. Third place last year in 2021. His around the green failures, while some might emphasize around the green game here, I I really, I've with past winners in past like top tens, top fives, guys with decent course history, a lot of them don't have the best short game. So I'm not necessarily worried about that with Victor Hovland. I think last year's third place finish kind of tells you the story when it comes to that. I I, I think Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa are probably the two best players, or at least two of the guys that are playing the best in this field right now. I completely wash away, no pun intended, Colin Morikawa's performance last week. I, I mean, I don't think people will be off of it, off of him because he missed the cut. Cause I think everybody kind of knows why, but those two are definitely the prime candidates for me. And I will say this, the pricing is pretty kind of, kind of steep here. It, I don't mean in this range. What I mean is you can't just stack high end guys like you could at the players. Like this is very different. If you're trying to get somebody in this 10 K range, and then maybe somebody in the nine K range, well, welcome to the, you know, the low seven K range from, from then on out. So be really careful and calculated who you pick up here. Yeah, stepping foot into the 6K range is a little bit scary uh, this week for sure. Okay, so uh, Victor, obviously, despite the short game troubles, has been a ball-striking maniac to get himself inside the top 10 at the API and the Players' Championship. He gains like 14 and a half strokes uh, between the two ball-striking categories. Last week, it was the highest total of his career. The one name that we haven't mentioned here, Greg, it's it's Xander Shoffley, and he kind of got wiped in that bad wave as well. He's cheap than a lot of his peers here, but I think that he is the biggest shrug of the whole section. Like I, I, I generally don't know what to do with Xander, and I imagine he is not going to be particularly popular. I think that is a great sign. Uh, and because he's not going to be very popular, I think he becomes more attractive. As soon as I heard Sia say that, um, I, I, my ears kind of perk up. I mean, you look at, we know what happened with the draw, same as Colin Morikawa last week. So I think it's safe to say we can give him a pass. You just look at these finishes everywhere else. I mean, 13th at the Genesis third at the, uh, at the, at the Phoenix open tied 18th in, in Saudi Arabia, tied 34th, 12th, tied 12th, tied 28th. I mean, it, it just, it goes on and on. He's a, 
a top 25 machine. And maybe that's not enough when you get into the 10K range. But Xander, to me, is the guy in this range that I know what I'm going to get more than more than anybody else. Uh, I mean, uh, if you're worried about Hovland at all, it would be because of fatigue, which is the same with Thomas. Um, and, and I just I feel really strongly that he's a he's a steady player and it, it might be worth a pay down on Xander Shoffley, especially if he's low owned as a contrarian play. I would say not my favorite in this range, but if he's really unpopular, he, he could be a really valuable asset. Yeah, how do you think the ownership shakes out here, Sia, in the 10K? You don't, we don't have to put a number on it, but um, Victor Morikawa, kind of one, two, DJ, three, JT, four, Xander, five. Am I close? I think that's the exact order. Yeah, okay. and I think to Greg's point, yeah, Xander certainly is the, the game theory play as far as this range is concerned. For me, I just... I, I don't see enough from Xander to justify. I mean, listen, I actually like him as a play, as a contrarian play if his ownership ends up being really low compared to the other four guys. But I think another way to do it, and, and I do like the Xander play in that regard, but I think another way to do it is just have your roster construction maybe be built a little differently and maybe start in the 9K range and maybe build a really balanced lineup without one of these elite guys. It is interesting because if you do get one of the 10K guys and you want one of the guys in the 9K, see, as you were mentioning, it's kind of bottom of the barrel stuff for you. And I like mm -hmm. the bottom of the 7K range. We'll get to that eventually, but I really don't want to go into the sixes all that much. Yeah, there's a couple of guys I have my eyes on in the 6K range that I think they're not mispriced, but I think are, are sort of on the ascent. But you're right. This is not the tournament to really, you know, bask in the 6K range. That's for sure. Well, let us bask in the 9K range. Louis Oosthuizen, Terrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, Sam Burns. That's the upper half of the $9,000 range. The bottom half, Brooks Kepka, Abraham answered, Jason Kokrak, Tommy Fleetwood, and Matt Fitzpatrick. I've got, I got a couple of names in here that I'm pretty comfortable with, Greg. But how would you start breaking down the nines? Uh, it's a really strong lineup, I think, um, a, a strong section. And I could see you starting here. Uh, Louis has a really strong record here, uh, and, and he's been playing some really good golf. That strong record really in the last four years, but it tied eighth, it tied second, tied 16th, tied seventh. He really seems to like this place. And I liked what uh, I, I like what I've seen. We've gotten, I mean, Players' Championship, I would say, got away from him a little bit. But we've started to see him play which is nice. We've seen him play now three times in the calendar year, and maybe he's starting to get a little bit loose now coming to a place he really likes. I think this is a comfortable time to play him, but the other guys that I like are a little bit lower there in the bottom half of this. And it'd be Abraham answer and, uh, and Jason Kokrak. They are both very attractive to me with great records and playing. Well, I, I think Abraham answer played better than that tied 33rd finish last week. Um, he was tied. He, he's tied 39th at the Genesis tied 43rd at, uh, at, at in Phoenix. And I think he's kind of a, on the right trend, but it just hasn't quite clicked yet. And coming to Valspar a place, he has a fifth and a tied 16th. I think it could click this week. Yeah. The, the thing about the Copperhead course, uh, especially more so than a lot of these other Florida courses is that it's tree lined. And if you are a little bit out of the fairway, that's okay. If you're a little bit further out of the fairway, you're kind of in the trees and you're in trouble for someone who's as accurate as Abraham answer is off the tee top 10 in driving accuracy. There's not going to be 
uh, many situations in where you have to worry about not being able to hit these greens in regulation, and they are difficult greens to hit in regulation. So answer is one of the guys that stuck out to me. We have not necessarily hit on the other one yet, but see, uh, here we'll give you a couple cracks at the guys that you like out of this tier. Yeah, well, let me just ask you real quick. Is the other guy you have your eye on? I assume he's not a super popular name. Is it Jason Kokrak by any chance? You know what? He'd probably be number three. I just, I love the Kokrak upside. I love the way he's played at this event. Three straight top 13 finishes. He's a true win equity guy in this field, but that was not who I was specifically thinking about. Fair enough. So, you know, it's funny. This 9K range, I'm not as in love with as I normally am with the 9K range. So that's... That's news. I like Louie quite a bit. I'm, you know, Sunday was a little discouraging, but that's mostly because I put a live bet on him, you know, on on Saturday night or excuse me, Sunday night. Um, But that's certainly not disconcerting enough for me to be off of. I think the history here is good. The game sets up perfectly, um, which is reflected by the history. I like him quite a bit. You know, I was considering Shane Lowry. I don't know that Shane Lowry is the best course fit here where you might have to be more of a tactician. And I don't know that that's Shane Lowry's game necessarily. Um, just going down, I do like Jason Kokrak. I like Answer. I just wonder what Answer's win equity is relative to some of the guys around him, namely like Sam Burns and Jason Kokrak. I don't know that I'm going to go back to uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I was on him like a lot of the DFS community mm. last week. Um, I just can't really figure him out. He's one of the guys that always rates out really well, but never, for me at least, never really comes through like the model will suggest. So for me in this range, it's going to be Louie, maybe a little bit of Kokrak. I don't know that I'm going to be on Burns, but that's going to be ownership dependent. That That's your guy, right, Rick? Burns is the guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, for three rounds, he's in the thick of it at Sawgrass, Greg, and he has kind of a sour round uh, four, which is easy to do. And now he's the defending champion. And I just wonder if people look at the T20, I think it was T26 is what he ended up finishing. Look at that. I think he played better than what that final result actually indicates yeah uh and i think that's fair unfortunately for me it's just a it's a rule violation right i'm I'm not taking the defending champ at at all any any venue um and so i wonder i don't know if this is going to be a dominant place for him but i certainly like the form coming in the last two weeks i agree with you that what he did at the players is much better than that finishing result. And he played well at the API the week before that too. So he's in, he's in good form. Um, and he, and he checks all the boxes. The other situation that we have in the nine K range and see you touched on it. It is, it is Matt Fitzpatrick. So he was probably the most popular guy on the slate last week and then, uh, misses the cut and is now $1,300 more expensive. That is usually a combination of things that makes a lot of people feel ill. So how how low would his ownership have to be for us to venture back into those waters? It's such a great question because Matt Fitzpatrick is one of those guys that, again, typically rates out pretty well in models and, and therefore kind of gets a lot of ownership. But in this particular tournament coming off what we saw last week and, and knowing kind of who's around him, I really, it's such a, it's such a tough call in terms of what his ownership is going to be. I will say this, if he, to answer your question, if he is under like 8%, which I don't think he will be, then I would go ahead and scoop him up. Even if he's under 10%, I would consider it. But if he's in the double digits, I just, I'd rather move off because I I honestly think ownership's going to be spread around pretty thin across the board, especially in this 9,000 and up range. So I don't know that there's a reason 
to take him unless the ownership is very low relative to the other 9K guys. I'm just going to throw this out there. Gained a shot and a half. Tita Green was on the wrong end of the draw. All the strokes he lost were basically with the putter, and he's not going to be very popular, and he's a top 10 machine. Just, th- just, throwing, just throwing all that out there. Greg, you get final thoughts on the $9,000 range before we move on. Anything else, or should we bop on down? I think we're ready to bop on down. I think we've touched on pretty much everybody. I feel, I mean, I guess to, we haven't really touched on Tyrrell Hatton. I don't feel too crazy about him. I, I think with the, with, with the Louis, the answer, the, the Coke rack and the burns, I think we kind of have the nine K figured out time to bop. We are going to go down to the $8,000 range and below, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. The $8,000 range, pretty small. The top end of it, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, Alex Norin, HV3, Gary Woodland, smack dab in the middle and the bottom of the 8,000s, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner, Russell Knox, and Cam Tringale. Sia's doppelganger. So Sia, why don't we start with you here in this $8,000 range? Yeah, it's funny about Cameron Tringale. I was kind of going back and forth on him. A third place finish in 2021, um, a couple missed cuts in a row, and he's missed the cut here a couple times too. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be on my doppelganger, but I will start with Bubba Watson. Just seems really interesting. First of all, I mean, I'm not just going on his course history here, 13th and a fourth, the last two tries here, 2021 and and 2019. The the metrics have been pretty good too. I mean, the the ball striking has been pretty good. Uh, Didn't really finish well at the players. Missed the cut at the Genesis, but was 14th at the Waste Management, which was a much more talented field than what we have here. I think Bub is really interesting. And another guy I'm probably going to be on, and he's probably going to be pretty chalky because he's only 8,100 and he's coming in with great form and very good course history is Russell Knox. There's really not much negative to say about Russell Knox unless his ownership you know, becomes a certain level where you're just like a, like a Fitzpatrick type level where you're like, all right, I'm just going to fade him because that's sort of the the game theory play. It's those two for me in the 8K range. I'm considering Gary Woodland. I think this is probably the right course for Gary Woodland where he doesn't need to pull out driver every time. My worry is looking at the course history, even, even you know during the years where 
he was actually pretty good, like the good Gary Woodland. He was missing cuts here. So that frightens me a little bit. Maybe this isn't the course for him. But those are the three guys I have my eye on here. The Bubba stuff is pretty interesting. I think of at least the Florida courses, this is uh, a more creative Bubba spot. There's some dog legs. There's elevation changes. If you look at what he's done at this event, it's low-key pretty good. He doesn't play it every year, but he gains, uh, I think it's like a stroke and a half per round over 22 rounds. That's that's a great clip, Greg. So I'm I'm certainly on the Bubba train. How would you start assessing this area of the board? Uh, I'm I'm with you on the Bubba train. I'm also with you on not Gary Woodland. I, mm. I think it makes sense. I and I I looked into it. I was very interested because top of your head, you think of oh, what this course requires, and you would jump to him. It seems like it'd be perfect, but it just teaches us there's more to the game of golf than just what you do off the tee. Uh, and and I think that's why Woodland has struggled. But Bubba, I'm I'm interested in. Although you, I'm always kind of lukewarm on him. It's a, he's risky, but I like what I've seen of late, and I think this could be a good place for him. Guy I really like is Alex Noren, right below Bubba. Uh, he he really has my interest. And lately, he's been hitting the ball really nicely, especially with his irons. And if you look at what he's done at the Valspar in the past, just one just one trip last year, he finished tied 21st. Then he lost strokes both off the tee and approached the green. Putted really well. I think he's hitting the ball better than he did last year when he comes in. And um, and and he, maybe he likes these greens. It's a short sample size, but he gained 4.8 strokes putting last, last time he was here. So I think Alex Noren could be very, very um, interesting and attractive. I mean, two top... 10 finishes in his last four starts uh tied 26 last week at the players i'm i'm liking that alex noren last 20 rounds that's five events for him is fifth in this field in strokes gained approach which greg to your point that's an that's a that's a market improvement he's generally yeah. considered a short game specialist but he's in the stretch right. of a really good iron and wedge run and it could lead to uh contention how much win equity is there is it as much as a bubble watson i don't think so um but it's probably more than a russell knox and it's probably equivalent to pretty much anybody in this range i i mean i think cameron tringale may have a little more he's chasing that first win he seems like he's getting closer it's probably unfair to say yeah, Look, I think the, I, the I, career win equity for Cameron Tringale is zero percent historically. Yeah, but we felt for a while that it's going to happen, <laughs> right? And it's not like Alex Noren's a proven winner by any means either. So I, they're both kind of at zero. Who gets it first? If you compare the two, I, I just feel that um, that Sia, I mean, uh, I mean Tringale is ready <laughs> to win at some point. So I, I do like playing him as well. But I think I think Bubba, Norin, and Tringale would be the guys I'm interested in here. Could I offer either of you a golfer who was third in the field in strokes gained ball striking last week, who was second in the field in Tita Green, who took a uh, penalty for his ball moving and also found the water late and still finished T5 at the Players' Championship? Could I could I offer? Any of that to, to you guys, someone of that nature? 
Came in second here last year. Came in second here last year. Is this at all interesting? If I don't say his name, it's interesting, right? If once I say his name, it's no longer interesting. So if I call him, you know, Mickey Mouse, that's like a better situation. But if I call him Keegan Bradley, see, uh, I feel like that turns a lot of yums into yucks. You know what's so funny about Keegan Bradley, and this goes, this kind of goes into the Adam Hadwin thing that Greg was saying, where he was like, "All right, I'm I'm off Adam Hadwin you know, yeah. a few weeks back." I I think I uttered the following sentence like literally three or four weeks ago about Keegan Bradley. I, I said something to, and I was I was grouping him in with Charlie Hoffman. I said something to the effect of, "I just can't take these guys anymore because I don't really like what forget about win equity. It's like the top ten equity. I don't see it there. I think a lot of guys are passing guys like Hoffman and Keegan Bradley. And there, you know, Keegan Bradley comes out eleventh at the API and fifth at the players. So second place here last year." That's a really interesting one, Rick. I, I wonder how many people are going to jump onto him. Um, Eighty four hundred seems like a pretty reasonable price in this field. Uh, I think he's a fine play. He's got r- pretty good course history here overall, and he's coming in with great form. And and when now that you add the fifth and the tied eleventh on the end of this run, it hasn't been that bad. It's not like this is. It's just been awful, and all of a sudden it's two good weeks. It's. You, you could make the case that he's been building towards something and a, a pretty strong one. I mean, he's missed one cut this year. He's been playing some really good golf. And the putter's improving. I mean, small sample size, but, you know, instead of losing four, three, and three strokes, he's losing one yeah. game, losing one again. The red is getting a little lighter, a little lighter shade. <laughs> yes. it's, pink, it's pink now instead of <laughs> deep, dark red. Um, all right, gentlemen, let's move on down to the $7,000 range. And uh, we might be in a consensus here about the guy at the top, Adam Hadwin. He's 7,900. Chris John Bezadenhout also there at the top with Bern Wiesberger and Mackenzie Hughes. I'm not going to read all of these guys, but if you scroll down to the bottom of the 7K range, you get the likes of Joel Damon, Scott Stallings, Stuart Sink, Sam Ryder. So, Greg, uh, I think we can just seed the stage to you on on Adam Hadwin for the moment. Sure, we can just start there. Um, I so again, kind of like, kind of like Keegan Bradley. When I, I say I'm done with him, he starts to play some better golf, and you can see now with the tied ninth at the players and and contention at the players, things are trending in the right direction. All of a sudden, his iron play, which Last year, right around the time I I was uh, really interested in what he was doing, was just awful. The iron play was terrible last year, and he seems like he's figured something out. You're talking about uh, what is that? Four of the uh, five of six, six. five of six, five of the last six. He's he's gaining strokes, and he was even getting a little better before that. Which Greg, you know this as an instructor, this the this improvement in approach aligns perfectly with. The start of the new year where a lot of guys take the five or six weeks off, go back, figure something out. When I see an improvement align with time off, I'm very, very bullish on that. Because it, it's not a flash in the pan, right? It, it, he didn't just find a swing thought that worked for a week. You know, he's been working. And I, Rick, I would say he's been working on this for an even longer period of time, probably up all of last year. And and the time off, he was really able to button the, some things up. So I like the direction that he's going in. I don't like the fact that he missed his last two cuts here, but I like the fact that he's won and has a tied 12. I think the golf course fits him fits his game really well. And what he'll need to do is have a good driving week. And if, if Adam Hadron has a good driving week this week, he'll be near the top of the leaderboard. 
Yeah, I am an unbiased source of Adam Hadwin information, and I also, too, like Adam Hadwin this week. Sia Najad, the 7K range is wide open. Have at it. Yeah, so I like Hadwin, of course. Uh, you know, when it comes to the upper 7K range, I don't know that I have a ton of interest. I mean, Aaron Wise and, and Brian Harmon, you know, th those those guys are kind of interesting to me. Denny McCarthy, but it's really once I get to the low 7K range where I start to have some interest. And honestly, the way pricing is so prohibitive this week, I think a lot of people are going to end up living in this range. Uh, let's start with a guy who might be painting the town red and of course that's doc redman oh. who's coming in yeah you're welcome everybody hey, you nice. guys can use that everybody <laughs> out there listening you guys can use that you don't need to even give me credit for it just take that one maybe <laughs> articulate it a little bit smoother than i just i don't did. think you have to worry see ya. yeah i think you'll be the only one using that <laughs> darn it okay so tw 26 at the players uh he, he is coming in with with decent form and we've seen the game sort of pick up 33rd at pebble beach uh there's some you know slightly poor performances in between that 39th year last year but this is a guy you know the, the price might seem a little too high but again this is the field we have and we've seen the approach game start to get to the old doc redmond numbers that we can see even here back in the summer of 2021 he had a great approach streak and it looks like he's regaining that form and when he pops on approach he really pops on approach that the around the green game might end up sort of biting him a little bit but Again, I'm not saying around the green game isn't important here. It certainly will be. But I, I just think there's there's been evidence that that's been overcome by players in the past. So I, I don't see why Doc can't overcome that as well. A few other names I'll give out there. A guy who was on the right side of, of the, the wave but still just crashed and burned, who I like. And I like better on this course than last week is Martin Laird. Ball striking, really, the entire game is there for Martin Laird. It was just a bad week last week for whatever reason. I'm willing to overlook that. A few other names, Mito Pereira. I, I think, you know, his popularity I don't think will be as extreme. I think he's starting to, you know, for the most part, you know, let some people down. Uh, the ball striking is still kind of there, though, in spite of the cut at the players. You know, he, he gained ball striking, just the putter that's been failing him. Two more names. Actually, just one more name. Adam Svensson. This is yep. a guy that I think in this field has tremendous upside, and I have no problem taking a chance on him at 7,200. Yes, uh, Pereira and Martin Laird fall firmly into that team no-putt category, at least the current version. Svensson, I'd also throw in there, but he has been great on approach, giving it all away on the putting surfaces, but we're seeing a couple of top 10s at the Honda Classic and at the Sony Open. Okay, Greg, I'll bounce this back to you. I actually do also kind of like the bottom of the 7K range. I could see cases for Svensson and uh, Patton Kazire, who's just kind of like a prolific birdie maker, and he's always better for fantasy purposes than he is for uh, PGA tournament events. Francesco Molinari, I think, sets up well for this place. I don't mind living in the bottom of the sevens if I don't have to step as much into the sixes. Uh, I absolutely would agree. And I think a Molinari could be an interesting play. Um, I really like a couple of the names that Sia mentioned, Svensson being one and Pereira being another. I'll add one more to the mix here at 7,300. Matthias, uh, Matthias Schaub has my interest this week. He's been playing some nice golf and he's done it with um, approaching the green. Now it's not a lot of uh, official events here on the PGA tour, but he, he does have back-to-back -back tied sevens. One of them is at the Honda. One of them is at the Puerto Rico opens. And I think he's hitting the ball really nicely. Basically everything except his off the tee game has been phenomenal in the last little bit. So I'm very interested in him, although he has no history here. 
Um, and a guy who this course should work out really well for, I'm a little skeptical because the, the finishes of late have kind of seemed to go the wrong direction. That'd be Lonto Griffin at 7,400. But I think, I think Lonto stands out in this price range as a player who's, uh, probably a little more talented, a little more upside sitting in this range. And he also provides a pretty steady floor. He doesn't really, he doesn't really miss cuts very often. And I think he could be a, a valuable asset here. Yeah, certainly fair assessment there of Lonto's game. Okay, let's um, let's walk carefully. Let's uh, carefully jump into this $6,000 range and see uh, my first option is to avoid it. If I have to go with option two, who can I find in this range that will hopefully not make me cry in a corner? Okay, so let's start near crying in the corner. That's a funny image. Just watching your golfer crying in the corner. Okay, so uh, a guy with with really bad course history, but he hasn't played Perfect. it much. But a guy whose game has genuinely turned around, and it's JJ Spawn. I've actually yeah. been on him in DFS yeah. over the last I don't know seven or eight tournaments here and there, and and I think and if you just look at him. You know, just taking out. Let's look at the metrics as as I'm talking about this, because yeah, the the short game has been sort of out of whack. The approach game has been hit or miss, but we, we've seen him pop with the approach game. And just watching him, I understand there's a lot of crash and burn potentially here, especially with the short game, ARG and the putter. But I I, I like the way he's striking the ball. Again, that's more of an eye test thing for JJ Spawn than anything else. But I think he's in a, he's in much better shape now. I guess you guys could probably inform me on this one. He, he was suffering with some sort of illness over the last couple of years. Is that accurate? Uh, maybe oh, maybe you guys don't you know, know that, Greg? I don't know that. No, I didn't, to, I didn't know that. But I'll I do like him. That. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. I, I might be speaking out of turn there. But either way, I like where his game is trending. So I think he's fine at 6,900. A couple of guys with really good course history, Zach Johnson and Vaughn Taylor. I think it kind of speaks to the fact that you can be a shorter hitter more of a tactician and get around on this course just fine. Uh, and then another guy that's actually striking the ball pretty well and who's finished, you know, I think he's played here once and, and I think he finished 29th. It's Pat Perez. So I think Pat Perez is in a price range here where you can probably take him and try to like build a little bit more at the top. And then of course, one more guy, Rick, I have to mention this guy because hey, he made the cut at the players, by the way. He was 13th here last year in the midst of actually playing really good golf, which he did for like a four-month stretch. And he was 46th the year before that. It's Hammer and Hank Leviota at 6,600. So I'll take some of that. It's certainly not a DFS preview without Hammer and Hank making an, an appearance here. Uh, JJ Spawn had a diabetes mi misdiagnosis. So he was kind of battling... Uh uh, weight and his intake and also, uh, how, how else that can impact your game. And, and Greg, as you know, uh, little stuff like that, or I guess this is kind of big stuff, uh, golf, there's so much that happens off the course that impacts these guys that he is, it seems now this is from two weeks ago, feeling healthy, feeling good, feeling the best he's ever felt. I mean, you think about what Cam Smith said when he, after he won. It, is, it all has to do with his body. He he monitors what he puts into his body and what he does to take care of his body, and that's the biggest that's the biggest difference maker for him. So it, it has a it has a huge effect, um, and and I think he's a I think he's a valuable option this week, no question. I will submit uh, carefully Tyler Duncan to the category. I think his results again not necessarily uh, as 
as bad as they appear because he gained like three strokes at the American Express and missed the cut because that's a weird little course rotation where that can happen. Austin Smotherman is 6,400. We've seen early in his young career. He's kind of a ball striking fanatic. What else could we get out of this range here, Greg? Is there anybody that interests you? Yeah, uh, Matthew Neesmith interests me. He, I, he missed the cut at the players and lost uncharacteristically, lost four strokes approaching the green. But he has one start here at the Valspar, and it was a tied 21st. So I find him interesting. I, I think uh, I think Adam Long is playable, um, although I don't love it. He just seems like a guy who, who I, I know can make a cut for me if I'm if I'm down here. And I think he could contend if if he plays well, which is a, it's a big if, cause you know, his old record, which is now broken, but he had a, a tendency of finishing in the top 30 or missing the cut. Uh, I miss Vincent Whaley as I continue to scroll down here. I, I wish, I wish we had him back in the mix, but yeah. those are really, those are really the, the best options that I've seen in this range. Troy Merritt had a top 10 here two years ago. He's popped a little bit recently. He made the cut at Bay Hill and at Sawgrass. So he's playing in some deeper, stronger fields. This might be a spot for him to pop at 6,600 bucks. But uh, I, I see a don't, I don't want much to do with this. If we can, I, avoid I, it. I got, I got two more names. All right, go ahead. Um, one would be, uh, I've never even, I've never played this guy before. Maybe this will be the first time. Uh, Trey Molinax. He had a tied eighth in 2018. Tied 54th last year. He's only played here three times. Uh, he missed the cut at the API, but he came in tied 30th at the Honda. Tied 28th at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Seems to be hitting the ball okay. At least off the tee, he's hitting it nice. And then the last one I'll throw in there, and this is a, a flyer. It's an educated guess here, but Kurt Kitayama. We I remember what? Yeah, I saw that yeah. name as well. Yeah. And he played nicely at the Puerto Rico Open as well. I think it was a, a tied twenty eighth for him. And he may be, maybe he's on it. Maybe he's he's hot right now. Maybe he's on a heater. So it's it's a little bit of a guess at that rate. But I, I think it could be another name to throw in the mix. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. I think all things considered, a couple of good starts in a row. Sixty five hundred bucks. Okay. Well, before we get out of here. Uh, I got a couple of fun little items and Sia, you have not only been crushing the first round leaders, but you have been giving us these weird little narrative lineups and uh, they seem to be working just well. So uh, there's actually a tweet here from David that if you're watching on YouTube, producer Jacob has up here and he says uh, a little cash beats losing with an all first name name lineup. And then he asks Sia, what is unique about this? Do you uh, do you see something here? Well, so he's asking what's the unique lineup for this coming week. This oh, was, if apologies. you remember, Rick, this yes. is the one where we were we were on the all first names lineup. So, okay, so yeah. it's Justin Thomas, Adam, Scott, Paul, Casey, Keith, Mitchell, Chris, Kirk, and then he snuck in KH Lee at the bottom, which doesn't really fit, but this is the all first name team. Well, Lee. Yeah. Lee is a first name. Is yeah, KH a first name? Oh, I guess oh, it Young, is his first name. Young Hun, it's his first name. So, yeah, so by, de <laughs> by definition, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, here's what I'll do, Rick. I'll tell you um, for the Valspar, I think when you have a V at the beginning of the title, 
I think it's 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 a pretty prominent like the V. So I went with guys this week, of course, who have a V in their name, which is pretty convenient for me because my top guy there is, of course, going to be a guy who has two V's in his name. And Ricky's your best friend. It's Victor Hop, not Daniel Berger's best friend, but your best friend. It's Victor <laughs> Hovland. So if you want to go with more V guys, I'm just going to give you the pool of players here. It's Harold Varner the third, not bad, pretty good last week. Johnny Vegas, who could do pretty well here. Vaughn Taylor, Adam Svensson, who we talked about. Silent. That's a, like a silent V too. Well, I guess not. That's a weird. That's an interesting V. Right. Uh, we yeah. Got Vin, we got Vincent Whaley, who Greg just mentioned. Kevin Streelman, the V and Kevin, of course. Davis Love the third. If you want some long shots, and of course Seth Reeves. How could I not mention Seth uh, Reeves? But gotta have. He, you can build off those first six, and it's you know you got some money left over, of course, but it's not a bad lineup. The good news about this is, is if it doesn't work this week, you could just use it at the Valero because that's also a V. Oh no worries, Rick. I'll have a much different and more important narrative for that one. Of course, I think they're all as equally as important, Greg. Um, I wanted to. I, I found one because I, I was looking through before pricing came out. We know pricing was a little delayed, and Rick, I was on your site, and I'm I'm. I'm uh, scrolling through, and I think there's an A-team lineup here as a potential narrative as well. Oh, you could have wait, a- Adam, all yeah. first MAs. Yeah. Adam Hatton, Adam Svensson, who's in your V lineup as well. Alex Noren, Abraham Answer, Alex Smalley, and Aaron Wise. And if you go with the A-team, you got like 2,100 left over. So it's a, you're leaving a lot on the table. But I think I, I like at least four of those guys. And I'm kind of interested in five and six. Yeah. You could even roll out Austin Smotherman. That's an a Andrew Landry, yeah. Andrew Putnam. Yeah. There's some yeah, other guys. I, I, pa- I passed stuff. on those guys. I think that's probably I, smart. I kind of like Smotherman as a long shot, by the way. I'm just, all right. Well, he could go on your a team lineup. What do you think? Well, see, is that, a, is that, does that pass your narrative test? I, I think the a team lineup is great. I love that show, so that helps too. Oh, that was before your time too, just like the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, yeah we are. You, we are not your audience for that one, my friend. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sia, would you would you like to try to run it back and see if you can find us another first round leader for this week? Okay, so this was not scripted, Rick. I was hoping you would ask me that because, yeah, about four random ones. I mean, this is kind of weird because it's 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 late in the week, but it's kind of early. We don't have a ton of information. I guess you know, tea times aren't out yet. I don't think, um, but I'm going to throw out five names for you. You guys ready? Yes. Um, yes. I'll write them down. Here we go. Yeah. Are you, are you sitting down? I, you can see that I'm sitting down. See ya. Oh, that's true. That's fantastic <laughs> then. Okay. So let's start with our guy, Adam Hadwin, first round leader okay. at Innisbrook at 70 to one. Alex Norn, another guy we like, who's frankly yep. kind of blew me away. Oh, no. Let's take a shot at Mito Pereira at 80 to 1. I don't like that one quite as much as the first two. Let's go with somebody from the All-V team. And that is, of course, your first-round stalwart, Jonathan Vegas, at 100 to 1. And then finally, listen, it's the Valspar. We're painting. We are painting the town green, (laughs) not red, with money. And that, of course, is Doc Redman. I got to work on my pitches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were so, oh, there so many twists and turns in that. Adam Hadwin, <laughs> Alex Norin, Mito Pereira, Johnny Vegas, and Doc, make your pockets green, Redmond. 
Sure, that's better. Well, we'll continue to work. For or we'll workshop that one. There's a lot. There's we didn't even play off the doc part of it yet. There's plenty to do there. Yeah, that's um, next. Wow. A complete DFS preview on a Tuesday morning. It's it's phenomenal. Really, what phenomenal. was the number? What was the number you got on Norn first round leader? Norn was 75 to 1 plus 7500. Hadwin 70, Norn 75, Mito 80, Vegas 100 and Doc 110. Easy game. Easy game. Hopefully will not take 55 hours to resolve itself this week. Could you imagine? Yeah, that's the Could hope. you imagine? Uh, okay, that'll do it. We will be back on Wednesday for the Mega Preview Pod. Make sure your official fan one-and-done vote is in. Link in the description. For now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme is available at The Real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. And we'll catch you next time. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.